Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. And I trust that you are well and moving through and past all that has been happening in this Mercury retrograde time, past a blue moon, past whatever was going on in October, and diving into possibility and exploration and curiosity. Because there is so much that we have available to us in terms of love and miracles and new ideas and wisdom and all of the ancient teachings as well. Life is this mystery, this amazingly magical mystery. And my guest today will tell you that there is only one thing that speaks the truth, a story, fiction, poetry, lyrics, and every written word shares the truth because the authors are telling a story about their experience. There was consciousness, and consciousness was with God, and consciousness was God. Those are words from my guest today, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who has written countless books and shared his wisdom and knowledge in many different ways. And he is sharing uh, his wisdom in a brand new novel, a nonfiction novel. So it is, it has got a lot of truths and a lot of meaning and a lot of beautiful stories. And what I love about it is the humanity that is within it. Uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who prefers to be called Bernie and not Dr. Siegel, was born in Brooklyn, New York, and he uh, has supported many individuals in their training through medicine, as well as teaching many people about how to deal with health issues and um, how to move through many of the experiences that we have in life, not by treating necessarily with the, the drugs and the medicine, but truly understanding first, we have to look at the whole person and we have to understand who they are and where they're coming from. So he has this wonderful way of blending both science and spirituality, medicine and healing. He's the author of numerous books and just this year alone, he has published two books, one with his grandson, No Endings, Only Beginnings, which is a beautiful book of poetry. And then also, um, when You Realize How Perfect Everything Is, was also published in 2020, in addition to Three Men, Six Lives, which is a monumental book on love, medicine, um, on love and healing and how life and afterlife and before life can take place. And so if you are not familiar with him, Dr. Bernie Siegel broke new ground with his monumental book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And we are going to go on a grand adventure with him, uh, with his wisdom, and with the experience of his current and past lives today as we discover some of the characters in his book and the reasons for writing the book in this way. Welcome, Dr. Siegel, to 1111 Talk Radio. Hi, Simran. I have to make a correction. Yes. You got the book titles mixed up. I got the book titles. Only Beginnings is not a poetry book. It's a book by me. The subtitle is A Doctor's Notes on Living, Loving, and Learning Who You Are. And it's really, I love it. And I'm always rereading things I've written. But it's like a book, a direction book for life. 
And uh, the poetry book is the one that's when you realize how perfect everything is. And that's poetry by grandson Charlie and myself about life. And part of why we put it together was at age 30, I felt like he knew what it took me 60 years to learn, what he saw in life and the poetry he wrote. And I would say to everybody listening, write your own poetry, write your own books. It doesn't matter if they get published. It's that you bring forth what's within you. Because people would say to me, that's not poetry. It doesn't rhyme. I said, that's not what I'm worried about and why I wrote it. I wrote it to deal with the feelings that were going on inside of me. And I don't mean they're all negative feelings because I forgot the description of your program and about people. Uh, If I could have interrupted, I would say there are very few people out there who fit all the nice things you say about people because of how they were brought up. And so they're not kind and loving and sweet and, you know, trying to help everybody. Uh, They're out there killing and cursing and causing trouble. And it's, you know, their revenge. Let me from Greek, from uh, East of Eden, John Steinbeck, everybody experiences rejection. With rejection comes a desire for revenge, with revenge guilt, and there is the story of mankind. And when you read the headlines of what's going on in our newspapers, that's what you read about, all the horrible things people do, and you say, why would they do that? Because they're getting even. And I warned you that I never stopped telling stories. Let me go the other side to show the choice we have. I met a young man who had AIDS, trying to help him survive many years ago. Uh, And he was abused by his family, used for sexual purposes by his family and their friends. Because basically, if he wanted to be cared for, as he said, if I wanted to have a bed in my bedroom or a television set to watch, I had to do a favor. And then... One day, my phone rings, and he said, he was on the phone, he said, Dr. Siegel, I said, yeah, what is it, Tony? I'm going to commit suicide. I said, Tony, wait a minute. I know people in New York. I have mafia friends. I said, I can get you a gun, and you kill your parents. That's what the other kids are doing. Why kill yourself? And I never forget that answer. No, I don't want to be like them. He had a heart. And we ended the call. And I assume, because he told me, I'm going down to the subway, to the A train, and I'm going to jump in front of it and end my life that way. And there's nothing I could do. I'm up in Connecticut. I can't run to his house and grab him. A couple hours later, my phone rings. Hello, it's Tony. I said, what's happened? I thought you were going to commit suicide. He said, I was, but the train didn't show up. And I got tired of standing there. I mean, this is a true story. And that's when you wonder, does God step in? He said, so I looked around. I saw on the wall in the station the hotline number for suicide prevention. So I called them and they came and rescued me. And they're teaching me about love. And 
he wrote a book. I, I have trouble remembering the title, um, but you know, it, it's in a sense he became strong at the broken places. Let's put it that way, um, and um, he just became a, a teacher because of what he was willing to accept and the choice he then made. Um, well, isn't I, that what we ultimately what what all of us are here to do? You even say that in the book, and the psychiatrist, uh, the psychotherapist John Hakma is is accepting the fact that he became a therapist because of his own problems. I think that the main theme that I saw in your book that was so touching was the humanity that's in it, and yet also the hardened humanity that gets us to try to face the softness that we do have inside, which we ultimately call love. I mean, people need to realize, it's part of why I share these things. All these things have happened in my life. I often feel like God is using me. When I was four years old, I almost choked to death on a toy, had a near-death experience. And I realized later I had an angel. He did a Heimlich maneuver, and all the toy parts came flying out, and I was back in my body because it was breathing again. Um, I wasn't happy about that. I, I mean, as a four-year-old, I preferred being, <laughs> this may sound crazy, being dead because what an exciting experience. You're out of your body, floating around, and thinking, seeing, uh, you just don't have a body, that's all. So when the, I always call him the boy on the bed, took his first breath, uh, I was just sucked back in. And uh, nobody in the family was particularly interested in this wonderful thing that happened to me. You can imagine how my mother felt when she came in and saw the toy parts and vomit and realized what had happened. But again, so that I know is true. Somebody said to me over the telephone one day, because I was so busy, you know, it's like, again, with your interview, I said, I can't really talk now, I have an interview. Why are you living this life? That's what she said to me. And I went into a trance because of what she said on the phone. And I said, oh my God. She said, what is it? I said, because of what you said, I, I just saw myself with a sword in my hand killing. It was like I'm watching myself in a movie, I said to her, uh, seeing myself. And I said, maybe that's why I became a surgeon, to help people with the knife. And the conversation didn't go on, but I learned later because while flying cross country alone, I mean, without my wife, um, I went into a trance and relived that whole experience. And that's part of what I share in the book, Three Men, Six Lives. It's this, the past lives are true. I tell people that I'm the surgeon in this story. That's mine. I don't mind hiding mine, but I didn't want to use other people's names to expose them to different things. So, I make up the other people, but not the stories. So I know there were past lives. I know we have body memories, because my grandmother literally saved my life. My mother was so sick, she was not supposed to become pregnant. And she couldn't, didn't have enough strength in her body to deliver, and she couldn't survive a cesarean section. 
by the time my mother said they pulled me out of her, uh, they handed her, this is a quote from my mother, they didn't hand me a child, they handed me a purple melon. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear this till I was a doctor and had some sense of what she was talking about. But she said, we didn't want to upset people, so we wrapped you in blankets and took you home and hid you in a carriage behind the house. And, I, and that's when I said to my mother, then how did I survive? You don't touch a child, you don't stimulate its immune system, the brain doesn't develop, what? Oh, my mother took you. See, that's the benefit of grandmothers. And this wonderful story, she said, she poured oil all over you and pushed everything back where it belonged every three or four hours. And then, how do I know that's true? 50 years later, my wife and I go to get a massage. And the therapist said, you know, I'm really busy today. I can't do both of you. Would you mind if my wife did one of you? I said, all right, you do my wife because she loves your coarse, strong hands, and I'll let your wife do me. Now, at that time, I had a shaved head. Um, why did I shave my head? I learned later from Jung. It was to uncover spirituality like a monk because I shaved my head in the 1970s when our children were mortified because their hair was down to their shoulders. You know, that was the style. But anyway, this woman, I lie down, puts oil all over and starts massaging me and my head, my bare head. And I went back to being an infant. I felt it happen. It was an incredibly blissful feeling. I opened my eyes when I sort of come out of this trance that I'm in, and the room was filled with people. I said, what's going on here? I'm getting a massage. And her husband was standing at the foot of the table said, we thought you had a heart attack or a stroke. We couldn't communicate with you. And I said, yeah, I have something to explain to you. I went back to being an infant and I couldn't answer you or talk to you. And those are the things that have proven to me about the immortality of consciousness, the memories that we store in our body that we see when we do organ transplants. So I can tell you stories about that, where people wake up and, well, just one quick part of a story, unless you want to hear the whole thing. But this woman called me to help her at the hospital. Because a lot of patients, if, if mystical things happen, they knew there's that crazy Dr. Siegel. I can call him to come to me uh, and talk to me. So I went to see her. She had a heart-lung transplant, has written a book many years ago uh, called The Change of Heart by Claire Sylvia. She said, they asked me if I'd like something to drink after surgery. And I said, yeah, I'd like a beer and some chicken McNuggets. She said, I never ate those. It must be coming from the heart and lung that's in me. And she had many other dreams and experiences, including the young man whose heart and lungs are in her, announcing his name to her. So they looked up obituaries in the New England area and found it and called the family. And they said, yes, he was your donor. And that's when she went ahead and wrote the book. But, you know, life goes on. Consciousness doesn't die. Bodies do. So you start a new one. You know, you get a new one and you start again. And Matt, Matt, 
you know, I think what you learn becomes a part of who you become, your experiences. Most definitely. We do take our experiences with us, and we'll dive more into your brand new book, Three Men, Six Lives, uh, after this commercial break. My guest today is Bernie Siegel. He is a New York Times bestselling author, lecturer, founder of ECAP, Exceptional Cancer Patients, and a retired pediatric general surgeon. Dr. Bernie Siegel has been called a leading teacher of the mind-body connection and is well known for his groundbreaking book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. Three Men, Six Lives is Bernie's 19th book. He is also the co-author with his grandson, Charlie Siegel, of their book of short writings and poetry, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is. Three Men, Six Lives broke new ground with this month. Uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel broke new ground with the groundbreaking book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And today, he imparts wisdom about the true nature of life and love in his entertaining and enlightening debut fiction novel, Three Men, Six Lives, a grand adventure born of Bernie's experiences of his current and past lives awaits you. So I definitely want you to check out his website BernieSiegelMD.com. That's BernieSiegelMD.com. It is also listed in the guest bio if you click on that. Also, before we dive into our break, I want to let you know of something that is being offered as a special offer to 1111 Talk Radio podcast listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. You can put in the code word 11 or type in betterhelp.com forward slash 11. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online, and there is a broad range of expertise available, which is not available in many local areas. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time and send messages to your counselor. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash 11. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. And that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Once again, get your 10% off your first free mo- your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11. We'll be right back with Dr. Bernie Siegel right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. 
As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I'd love to tell you a little bit more about some of Dr. Siegel's books that have released recently, No Endings, Only Beginnings. He is the author of many books on the healing power of the body and the spirit, but this time he wanted to encourage readers not only to learn from his life and advice, but to create their own manuals for living as well. With the quotes that have filled the pages of his journals and the lessons he has gleaned from them over the years, No Endings, Only Beginnings serves as inspiration for readers to assemble their own book of collected wisdom and their own understanding of the answers to life's big questions. You can also go on a journey of wonder and grace with Dr. Bernie Siegel and his grandson, Charlie Siegel. Open your heart as grandfather and grandson weave a conversation of love across the generations, sharing what it means to see beyond the challenges of life to the beauty in life's lessons. And the book that we are talking about today, Three Men, Six Lives, where he offers and imparts wisdom about the true nature of life and love in his entertaining and enlightening debut fiction novel. Uh, you can find out more at BernieSiegelMD.com. Dr. Siegel, I want to go back to a couple of things you said in the prior uh, segment. And one yeah. thing was about you becoming out of body at that time that you were choking on something. And right. we have so many people in the world that are disembodied now. They're just unconscious or they've left their bodies because they don't want to feel the hardenings of life. They don't want to feel the pain and the struggle and the tragedy that you spoke of in the last segment. And so in that way, they're not really present to what's going on and they really don't want to be here either necessarily. 
but you were present to what was going on and realized in that moment that the body was not you. Yeah. How can we get people to become more embodied to understand that this is a life of miracles and love and far greater than the challenges that they're trying to escape from? Yeah, it's interesting in one way that when I would talk about this later in my life, um, I would say the boy on the bed. And then after a while, I thought, why don't I say me? You know, but I realized you're not that body. You're not the boy on the bed. This is, you know, your essence is the consciousness. The physical is like our tool. And I'd say we are given bodies so we can make a difference and do things. You know, it's, I say, if you are God's right arm, uh, you need to have the ability to do what our creator wants you to do. Because if you're just this consciousness, spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, then you're not going to be able to make a difference because you have nothing to work with physically. So I think both things are necessary. Uh, that connection with the Lord, God, spirit, whatever words you want to use, and also your body, which is given to you as a tool. And I think we need to respect that body too. So many people don't and become self-destructive. And I see the benefit then of them converting and be, you know, finding faith. Uh, just a simple statistic. So you know this is real. Monday morning, we have more heart attacks, strokes, suicides, and illnesses. Now, if you loved your life and your way of contributing to the world, you'd jump up in the morning, Monday morning, saying, I'm going out to help the world. See, I'm not going to work. I'm going to give something to the world and make a difference. And men find that a lot harder than women because women are into relationships. And to quote a man in our office, there's no point in living. I can't work anymore. I said, turn your head to the left. He had his wife and three children sitting next to him. And he said, there's no point in living. Mm. And the women will say, I can't die till they're all married and out of the house. And, um, and I mean, those are quotes from patients. So I'd say to all of us, find a relationship. You'll live a longer, healthier life if you get a dog. Now, you'd say, what? Because, again, it's a relationship. Your inner, your body, your hormones, your body chemistry is altered when you pet your dog. And doctors have done studies showing that. Go home to the dog after a heart attack and more people were alive uh, at the end of 12 months if there was a dog in the house than if there wasn't a dog in the house. And also feeling loved as a child. That impressed me when a study was done at Harvard. The students were asked, do your parents, did your parents love you? And then they were looked up in middle age. If they said yes, 26% had suffered a major illness in intervening years. If they said, no, my parents didn't love me, 98% had suffered a major illness. So mm. I find you have to, 
if you can't find somebody to reparent you, and let me tell you a story about that, then you have to reparent yourself. Because I had a young lady in the office one day who was suicidal. And it may sound crazy for a surgeon to have all these kinds of patients, but people learned I cared about them and was willing to talk to them and help them. So they'd come to talk to me. And she said, you're my CD. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I'm a CD. She said, you're my chosen dad. And boy, that hit home. So whenever I would run into depressed, you know, suicidal people, I'd say, look, you're a child of God. I love you. I'll be your chosen dad. And believe me, there are a lot of people alive today because I said that. And in front of me, as I talk to you, I've kept all her cards because about 30 years ago, the phone rang. Do you have Jack Kevorkian's phone number? I said, no, I don't know him. Why are you asking? I want to commit suicide. My father's abused me. I have a brain tumor. I want to be dead. I said, I love you. You're a child of God. Let me be your father. And she's alive today. And all these cards. And what the big kick I got, what I mentioned is this Father's Day, I got Happy Father's Day, my bonus dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's and wonderful. She is such a sweetheart. Her name is Becky. She lives in, in uh, Texas. And yes, when I was in Texas, you bet, I made sure I met her. Um, but she's now like my therapist, if you know what I mean. Because when you're giving and receiving love, what a difference it makes. That you made a difference in somebody's life. And With Within the book, Dr. Siegel, there is a, a, a constant statement in the beginning through many of the characters, and that has to do with letting go of the past and mm-hmm. moving forward. And, um, and, and yet, our lives are built because of our lenses and filters and projections of the very past that we inhabited. It creates our stories. It creates our purpose for li- living and our meaning in life to serving. So how do we distinct create the distinction between that past that uh that we need to let go of and move forward and that past that we need to hold on to and really squeeze the juice out of well what i learned one day my parents i was saying at a lecture gave me mottos to live by they do what makes you happy god is redirecting you something good will come of this Uh, material things were to make it a better world for everyone. And then somebody raises their hand and said, what if I got mottos to die by from my parents? And that really woke me up. Because when you grow up feeling loved, you assume everybody else is. And that when they tell you they fell off their bike and that's why they have all these bruises, you learn they're lying. It's because their drunken father beat them up. That's why they have all these bruises. So I learned that the majority of the world didn't grow up with my experience. And I, that's why I say I try to reparent them and give them mottos to live by, not mottos to die by. You know, that God loves you and so do I. Uh, that's my comment to people. Now, it doesn't mean like, okay? Um, because I had explained to our children, you know, um, are you getting a divorce? This really happened one day. We have five kids. I said, what are you asking me that for? Well, you yell a lot. 
I said, when you're all doing things I don't like, I make noise to get your attention to tell you to stop acting that way. But I love you, but I don't like what you're doing. He said, oh, oh, the neighbors are getting a divorce and they yelled a lot. So I thought you were going to also. So they learned that, yeah, their father was noisy because he was trying to quiet the house down and keep order. But they also knew he was loved. And my definition of that, I forgot who the author was, that home is a place that when you go there, they have to take you in. So, again, they knew they were safe and secure there and could act silly and do crazy things and still come home and get left in and let in. And I may add, because their father uh, developed a reputation for being strange and different See, I was considered the controversial Dr. Siegel um, because I was talking about mind and body. And these things were decades ahead of what science has now shown. And I'm not controversial anymore. Um, but because of all that controversy, they also began to appreciate me. And I got such a kick out of this because... They, and these again, all true stories. They come home from school, another one came home from work. Thanks, Dad. I said, what are you thanking me for? I didn't do anything today. Oh, no, I did something crazy in school, and I heard the teacher say, well, you know who his father is. And the same thing with one of our sons at work. You know who his father is. So they did not get criticized for what they did it was assumed it was genetic, you know. They got their father's genes, so what do you expect them to do except crazy things that are, you know, that are different. Um, but it gave them freedom, too, uh, to be different and to be themselves uh, because they didn't have to worry uh, about pleasing everybody else. And that's the sad part. When kids are brought up to, I want you to look right. I want you to fit in. I don't want you to, you know, be a problem for anybody. Um, they, they just internalize everything and the wall goes up around them. And it's so sad. The quote from one young lady um, who was also, I mean, this was an alcoholic family where the parents asked their children to commit suicide. And they did. They told them. Go ahead and commit suicide, and the parents did. And she started coming to me and screaming in the office about her horrible life, and I just sat and listened. And I learned from Helen Keller, ultimately, that's what everybody needs. Because Helen Keller said, deafness is darker by far than blindness. And I learned if we listen to people, they hear themselves, and then you get credit for the changes they make. When they that is so true. <laughs> that is so, so true. So important. But th this is a quote from her in one of her letters to me. She said, when I let love into my prison, it changed every negative item in it, meaning the experiences in my life, and turned them into something meaningful. And she became my therapist because what she was able to overcome and let love in was incredible. And uh, when I say sitting with her in support groups and talking, 
it, it just made such a difference to listen to her and what she was able to accomplish. And even her disease is called scleroderma. It's an autoimmune disease. And I thought, how fitting that is. It's like putting a wall around yourself, you know, hard skin kind of thing. And it fit her life, putting a wall up. But again, what'd she say? When I let love into my prison. And oh boy, did she, see, that's the other benefit. She outlived every doctor's prediction in terms of her survival. And I have seen people go home, come back to the office with no sign of cancer months later. And I said, what did you do? I left my troubles to God. So mm. that's the other part and why I began to write that I, I saw that we could learn from those who didn't die when they were supposed to. You know, they, they went home and started living their authentic life, enjoying themselves. And, and it wasn't anything so complex. I'm moving to Colorado to live in the mountains. I'm buying a house on the shore in Miami. I'm getting a dog. I'm putting in a backlight wildlife habitat. I'm quitting my law office and playing my violin in an orchestra. Um, yeah, I'm not going to have more therapy in springtime. I'm a landscaper. I want to make the world beautiful before I die. None of them were trying not to die. They were trying to enjoy the time they had left. And one letter I got said, I didn't die. Now I'm so busy. I'm killing myself. Help. Where do I go from here? <laughs> I told her to take a nap. <laughs> so, Dr. Siegel, when it comes to reincarnation and past lives, do we really need to know that stuff for this life? Is it necessary to know that we've been here before? Well, I think it is. I mean, not necessarily for everybody, but I think it is if you want to know yourself better. You see, and so again, like the psychiatrist, if in his past life he led to the death and suicide of several people, he becomes a psychiatrist in some ways out of guilt and trying to help people, but he's not going to be a healthy psychiatrist if it's his problem that led him to it. Or myself as a surgeon, if I killed people with a sword, oh, now I want to help them with a knife. Well, you, you can help people, and one of our kids taught me this, words, words, words become swords, 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 if you write them out. He did this on a canvas at school and brought it home, and it woke me up. Because I realized I can help people with words or a sword or, you know, a scalpel. So... There are many ways to help people, and we have to learn that. But I think that it is out of our past that our consciousness is affected, and therefore the things we choose to do are related to the experiences that are still within us and the memories that are still within us, even if they're not at a conscious level, you know, more like stuff that comes up in a dream. My guest today is Dr. Bernie Siegel, and he is the author of many, many books. His latest have been Three Men, Six Lives, which is a fiction novel uh, about reincarnation, about past lives, about men that come together and how their own histories and past have determined what they are doing in their current experience. In addition to a book that was created with his grandson, Charlie Siegel, and that is titled that is 
Uh, I will share that title on the next page. It has disappeared. There we go. It has disappeared on me. And then another book, which is No Endings, Only Beginnings. You can find out about these three and all of his work at BernieSiegelMD.com. That's BernieSiegelMD.com. We'll be right back after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back again. Um, My guest is Dr. Bernie Siegel, and we are talking about his latest book, Three Men, Six Lives. I invite you to check out his website, BernieSiegelMD.com. You'll find out about this book, uh, much of the work he does, as well as uh, two of his other recent books, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is and Also No Endings, Only Beginnings. Dr. Siegel, with discussing past lives and reincarnation, I wonder what your opinion of karma is and what inspired you to write this book, Three Men, Six Lives. Well, I like to share the truth with the world. So when I experience something, I know it's real. It's not me listening to somebody else's story or reading a book. It's what I have experienced. And I want people to understand that. And 
one of the things I wanted to say is when I talk about past lives, I don't mean it was really me, you know, who lived in that life. It's the consciousness of that person that I picked up when my life began. So even though we talk about it as being ourselves, yes, it feels like it is yourself um, when you experience it, but it's not the same person recycling. It's the consciousness recycling. As I say, the body doesn't keep going over and over again. And my wife was a part of my past life. And boy, it just explained so many things to me to have that experience happen and who I am and why I am and, you know, why emotionally some things troubled me and why I picked a certain profession and so forth and so on. So I think if you want to know yourself better, then go within, look within, pay attention to your dreams. I started doing a lot of work with drawings with my patients after I drew a picture for Elizabeth Kubler-Ross at one of her workshops. And she started asking me questions. And I thought, how does she know these things? And she pointed the picture. I mean, a simple example. Um, why is 11 important? I said, why do you ask that? You drew 11 trees. And I said, I've been doing this work 11 months, but I just thought it's something else about 11. My wife and I were married on 7-11. And I notice you're a Simran Singh 11-11. Maybe it's no coincidence. And since my wife died, I have been finding a dime and a penny in all sorts of bizarre places that there is no explanation for why they're there. Um, and I know it's my wife communicating with me. So I want people to understand life is not this simple mechanical thing. So use your life to make a difference. And uh, each of us can make a difference. Uh, Dr. Siegel, how do individuals, you've been exposed to so much, uh, so much tragedy, so much healing, um, so many people that have come to you to be there. Uh, their chosen dad, all of these different experiences. How do people turn love into an into, from an intellectual concept or just a word to a truly embodied experience that also provides compassion? Well, it's a choice. That's all I can say. Um, you can be bitter and resentful and hating, or you can say, let me help other people rather than put them through what I went through. And once they have that love, it changes them in a minute. All these stories keep popping into my head. I was a police surgeon in New Haven, Connecticut. Phone rings in my office. Dr. Siegel, yes, Jimmy. I'm going to commit suicide. It was one of the policemen. I thought, well, what am I supposed to tell him? I love you. Don't do that. I said, I know he, I mean, I felt he called me. So I would say, I love you. And he'd know somebody loved him before he killed himself. So Siegel says over the phone, Jimmy, if you commit suicide, I'll never talk to you again. 
and I hung up the phone. And I didn't feel guilty about that. I thought, if I'm going to try to keep him from doing it, I have to do something bizarre and different. Well, sure enough, 15 minutes later, I hear this noise in the waiting room of the office, and it's Jimmy crashing through the doors, coming right into my office and screaming at me. What kind of insensitive idiot are you? I'm having a gun in my mouth and you say that stupid comment. And, uh, and he's screaming and yelling. And I thought he was going to throw me out the window to get even with me. Um, but I said, wait a minute. What? Do you realize something? What am I supposed to realize? You're not dead. And then a big grin filled his face. And he looked at me like, oh, you smart ass. You knew that would get me. <laughs> <laughs> and we became lifetime friends because of that moment. Um, and I don't know what made me say that to him. But I thought, you know, he needs something different that I could get through to him with. And uh, as I say, we became lifetime friends. Uh, so is that from knowing people or is that from knowing yourself? I'd say it's both. That it's, it's having a quiet mind. Because if I were frantic thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? He's going to kill himself. I, I can't. I don't even know where he lives. I can't get to his apartment. I can't. I don't know to call. Then nothing happens. You know, you say, oh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Um, and I think that's what he called for, for somebody to say, uh, please don't do it. You're a nice man. But I went beyond that uh, because I didn't think that would make a difference. And it, it's an inner wisdom. And, yeah, my wife had a wonderful term for it because I would say something and people would say, wow, where'd that come from? And my wife would say, it comes from God knows where. Because it's not coming from your intellect. It's coming from that intuitive place within you. You know, like you dream or your drawings, you see. Because Elizabeth Kugel-Ross, when I mentioned that drawing I did, she said, what are you covering up? I said, what are you talking about? She said, you used a white crayon to make snow on a mountain. The page is already white. You don't need a white crayon to make it white. And boy, did that simple statement wake me up. Because um, think of what a surgeon looks like when you go into the operating room. A cap, a mask, and a gown and gloves. You're all covered up. Mm. When my family got tired of posing for portraits, because to heal myself, I used to paint a lot. Portraits of the family and our pets. And they all got tired of posing for me they literally ran out of the house one day all the pets and the kids and I realized they're running away so I won't make them sit down and paint their picture so I said I'll paint myself and I put a mirror up and then I put on a cap a mask and a gown and painted myself as a surgeon and if you come into our house you don't know that's me because I'm all covered up and so those symbols all taught me something that I had to open up and let it out and share um, and not lose the sense of humor too, uh, which my wife helped me with enormously uh, that she would could put up with me 
And it's the pain of being a surgeon. You know, you can't cure everything. Those are the memories I have of all the patients that I couldn't cure or had complications of the operation. If everybody did well, they don't stay in my memory. It's, oh, that's good, nice, and, you know, they go off. But when something goes wrong, uh, it's hard to forgive yourself. Um, for and the- forgiveness is such a key yes. to open to love, to open to uh, new life, to open to moving forward. Even within the book, that was very much a key word that was right. used. And it's not forgetting. I always say to people, you try to forget, you're not going to get anything out of it. But when you forgive, you will give yourself a gift. And uh, I've seen this in my life. When people take advantage of you in many ways um, and, and don't pay you back, you know, for what you've done for them. They tell you what they'll do for you if you'll do something for them. And then you never hear from them again once you do them a favor. And I've learned that I can be miserable. Well, let me give you a simple example. Our hotel room was robbed once. My wife and I were out lecturing. And I know it had to do with people in the hotel and this strange man who was in the hallway when we went to get dinner. Because our room was open with a key. And the things of value were taken. And I was always resenting this guy and wishing I were back in the hotel and I would grab him and I'd get the police and on and on. And then I realized he's still robbing you. Look at the time you spend being miserable over this. And then Christmas came. It was that time of the year. And um, I thought, wow, what if he sells all the things he stole from us and buys his children some wonderful Christmas presents. And once I had that thought, I was free. Then I enjoyed thinking of him because now he's taking good care of his children and I've done him a favor and something nice for his family. And that's when I realized how the forgiving gives you the freedom, whereas the forgetting doesn't get you anywhere. Thank you, Dr. Siegel, for all of the wisdom and the beautiful stories and the many books that you continue to give the world to share your wisdom and your heart and your compassion. Find out more about Bernie Siegel at BernieSiegelMD.com. Definitely pick up this delightful book, Three Men, Six Lives. You will thoroughly enjoy uh, discovering the characters and seeing how Uh, these different people uh, interact with each other and also grapple with the things that are going on inside of them. Uh, Definitely check out the book uh, that he and his grandson have written, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is, and any of the other books that you see on his website or on Amazon. Definitely um, stack them up and give them out. Once again, that's Bernie Siegel. MD.com. And next week, I will join you on 1111 for a special broadcast, uh, something that is beautiful and organic and the opening of a new gateway as we celebrate 1111 at 11 o'clock on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. And when you remember this, written by a young lady who was supposed to die of AIDS and didn't, She said, I put on my refrigerator, when you live in your heart, 
magic happens. When you live in your heart, magic happens. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.